Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know, and boy, does he fit the crossover profile of MMA and pro wrestling. Look at that background. Look at that background. We got Dominic Garini here. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yourself, Sean? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Uh, the background popped me immediately as you turned it on. You were like, can you see the back of my car? And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> it looks great. So, uh... MLW Filthy Island coming up February seventeenth. I mean, you and I, you and I are both big MMA fans. We we know the inspiration of Fight Island. Uh, please tell the people what what maybe you expect out of Filthy Island. Well, Filthy Island, uh, you know, it's a it's an island off uh, in Hawaii. Um, you know, there's no truth to the rumors that the locals are mad at us. Uh, from, from what Tom, Kevin, and I know. Uh, the locals are big fans. Uh, they've actually built a private airstrip for Dan Lambert and King Mo uh, as he's getting ready to battle with Low Key again uh, to see who the true king of the knockout is in MLW. Um, overall, we're just looking for a really fun uh, and exciting party. Um, the ring will look pretty familiar to those of you that like the crossover pro wrestling MMA um, kind of deal as uh, we're going to be doing a no ropes ring for it. So, uh, no ropes on the ring at all for the Filthy Island show here on February 17th. And overall, uh, just really excited that MLW was more than willing to let Tom uh, make Filthy Island a reality after uh, winning the Opera Cup this year. Do you think that MLW missed the boat, quite literally, on not doing the moat around the ring as as was originally pitched in the UFC? Uh, I 100% believe that uh, Tom, Kevin, and I wanted alligators we were told that uh, we would need to obtain more sponsors than we had already obtained, which, you know, we were not fans of, um, considering we had already worked our, our tail off to get the sponsors that we did. I mean, Tom won the Opera Cup. I mean, I've been rocking the uh, the Open Fight Challenge. So, 
we weren't happy that Court wasn't pony up Dastroni for the alligator moat, but, you know, here we are. Well, I mean, it's funny you mention all the sponsors. An MLW.com article and press release four days ago says sponsors are pulling out left oh. and right. That is, uh, that, that is fake news. Not, not true. Uh, we are on the, you know, we, we got to the island. The island is phenomenal. The sponsors are going to be phenomenal. They're going to be very happy with everything that happens. No truth to these ACH attack rumors. No truth to this screw job for the against the Von Erics, you know. And and let's let's look at something else on that. The screw job against the Von Erics. Is that Tom's fault that he had a wrist cramp? If anything, we see mad at Selena De La Renta for not providing proper catering that for that show. Allowed Tom to get parched. His arm got a little tangled up, and you know it's a shame. You know the Von Erics had a 400 plus day reign as tag champs. Yeah, for it to end the Los Parks like that is sad, but. You know, they're tough guys. They're going to regroup. So who's in charge of the catering this time? Are there going to be plenty of bananas around? Uh, well, you know, it, it, being Hawaii and all, we have uh, spared no expense, and we have got a, a very large spam selection, as it is one of the uh, biggest delicacies on the island. Nice. Whose call was that? Who who put the hammer down and said, okay, we got to have ham? Spam? That is better oh, than all. Spam? I thought you call. said ham. Spam. Oh, no, it's Spam. So, I don't know if you know this. Spam is like a delicacy in Hawaii. I do they know do that. Actually, all kinds of dishes with spam. So that was our big, uh, that was our big uh, coup. Our well, that's a pun there. If you didn't know, uh, that was our big coup for the island. Was was doing many, much much spam delicacies. We we actually had a Hawaiian fellow who wrote for us, and he would constantly talk about spam for better or for worse. But mm-hmm. uh, the the filthy <laughs> island thing. I mean, I feel like. Considering all these accusations of misrepresentation in the media about Filthy Island, do you think Tom Lawler will put out a Dana White-esque screw you to the media highlight video after all this? Gosh, I mean, I can only hope. I don't don't know what the video production budget is, but uh, I'm sure Tom will have something up his sleeve. Uh, You know, I know I I spoke with him recently recently, you know, as, and a couple of days ago, he was not happy about the negative publicity that this received. We truly believe this is going to be one of the probably finest episodes of MLW television in 2021 and probably over the last couple of years, really. So MLW, uh, Filthy Island, I mean, it's it's all going to be all over the place. Fubo Sports, YouTube, DAZN, BN Sports, the Roku channel. MLW makes it very, very easy to find their show. Uh, how have you found that those those platforms even help you when you're going to watch the show? Like, I mean, do you have a preferred method over over another? It's it's all over it's all over the place. You know, Court's done such a really good job about kind of getting the MLW brand out there, not only here in America but also overseas. When I when I wrestled for WXW last year, the amount of people that had talked about seeing me uh, wrestle for uh, MLW at that point, I think I only had like one or two matches, was off the charts. And, that's one of the things that Court does really well is get international deals, as well as, like you said, he makes it so easy to see, you know, the deal with Roku, the deal with Fubo, the deal with YouTube. There's just so many ways to watch it, and I think that helps our exposure levels out, you know, tenfold. You know, as, as awesome as a terrestrial television deal would be, you know, something like a Paramount or something like that um, in due time, but streaming really is the kind of the, the way of the future, and I've talked with Court about this. He truly believes that streaming is the most important thing right now, and television is probably the second most important thing. 
So uh, you are actually, as as we speak, on your way to uh, the AAW school, right? Yes. I met, I met you there almost like a year ago today. We were there talking, and had I known you were there, I would have interviewed you then. And we were like, ha-ha, it's okay. We'll get that interview done WrestleMania weekend. Well, <laughs> that did not happen. We were wrong. On, on a show that was named after me at that, like, <laughs> there, oh, yeah. there was supposed to be one there. But, like, things have changed, and the world has changed, obviously. Uh, you are an MLW regular now. How, how important was that to, like, maybe riding the ship for your 2020? And how did your 2020 take a hit, or did it? as a result of all this. So it's a, it's a big thing. One of the great things that MLW did for uh, me in 2020 was the taping schedule allowed it so that, you know, we were constantly kind of doing something. So I think my last match before the pandemic was my last two matches were February or were March 12th and the 14th before kind of everything shut down. Uh, the 12th, I wrestled in Mexico for MLW was, you know, Tom and I, we did the AAA series in Mexico. And like, it was very like, how are we going to pull this off? Because like the day we land, the day I landed in San Diego to go to Mexico was the day the NBA shut down. So it was it was a lot of uncertainty, you know, at that point. So we did that. We kind of knew all of our upcoming stuff was going to get canceled. And from there, you know, uh, one of the things that Court did really well to keep us kind of busy and to keep everything kind of flowing was uh, the introduction of Pulp Fusion, uh, where it was a really good chance for people to kind of dig into you know us as characters during that time where we were off from the independent standpoint you know our schedules got completely ravaged uh when covid hit um i mean i had probably six or seven matches planned wrestlemania weekend all canceled flights that i had bought flights that had been bought for me all canceled had to worry about how to fix all that up you know for about two months it was just you know radio silence no one really knew what was going to go on uh you know, there was really nothing to do. Um, and then probably around June-ish, late June, late July, was really kind of the point in time where some stuff started to come back. I remember Court and I, we would talk usually minimum once a week about like, hey, what's the MLW plan? And we never really knew. Um, so around June, July was a moment in time where I started to do some smaller indie dates. Um, I did ICW based out of New York. I was doing Paradigm Pro Wrestling based out of uh, – the Jeffersonville, Indiana, Kentucky area. Um, and that was where my schedule kind of started to pick back up. The schedules still aren't back yet, obviously, you know, so the spike in numbers around December-ish, which was something I kind of figured has kind of slowed the schedules back down a little bit. Um, but I guess, you know, with all the announcements yesterday, of you know, multiple collective-like events running Mania Weekend, we're kind of on the comeback. Um, for me, 2020 could have been a lost year, but I kind of stayed like really steady during the pandemic i made some different changes like obviously my hair i grew my hair out and i did that i decided to wear boots uh get all new gear that people hadn't really seen me and i'd kind of always been the same guy since i had started wrestling in you know march of 2016 i'd always been no shoes a pair of like just random mma shorts so i kind of decided to really you know invest in myself and invest in my character uh like i said do the boots do the kick pads uh new custom gear new hairstyle the entrance mask behind me was an addition that I thought about. Um, so just a lot of stuff like that. And I kind of came out of the pandemic more popular than I went into it, which was something I didn't necessarily expect. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Obviously, Kevin and I had a really strong second half of the year, um, leading through the collective last year. So 
realistically, just really blessed to be in the position I'm in. Uh, blessed to have the AW schools train out a couple of times a week to keep myself fresh, too. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with everything I saw there at the AAW school. Just walking in, I mean, you got everything that you need there. Uh, it, it was like if I were in that area, I would look at that and I'd be like, man, that that's incredible. And it's something something that I always talk about, whether it's Josh Prohibition, EC3, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, like that area within one hour of Cleveland has a disproportionate amount of talent. And I'm always interested in what people from that area or that spend time in that area attribute that to. Is it iron sharpens iron? Because, I mean, you can look at it and say, oh, wow, that's a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence that that much talent comes from there. So some of it has to deal with the strong amateur wrestling roots in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Uh, you look at a guy like Ray Rowe, wrestled at St. Ignatius High School. You look at a guy like Dolph Ziggler, he wrestled school in the state of Ohio uh, over the past, you know, 50 to 100 years. Um, but one of the other real things that does get the credit for why Northeast Ohio is as strong as it is, is that there's always been a pretty strong independent wrestling scene in the Cleveland area, um, going all the way back to J.T. Lightning, who started Cleveland All-Pro back in the early 90s. Um, and after, you know, J.T. kind of decided to step down from promoting and he got sick, you know, John Thorne and AIW really took over uh, the area, and it's been one thing that's really made the area so strong is, you know, consistent names being brought into the Cleveland area, you know, since the early 2000s, uh, you know, starting with JT and kind of, you know, John kind of carrying on that tradition for the most part. I mean, on any given time when AIW is running, you know, you're looking at some of the future stars, you know, anywhere. Like, think about it, think about it this way. We did a, an AIW tryout last February in Akron, and in the, out of that tryout, I think three guys got signed to AEW and one to the WWE just in the time since that tryout. So it's been it's been an insane thing, and it's just always uh, John's got a good eye for talent, and uh, I think the addition of the school has been big to help talent out. Um, you know, the AIW school really started in 2015 when Johnny and Candice were, or Johnny first, and when Candice moved out with Johnny, Candice took over with Johnny, you know, they did it together. When Johnny left, uh, it was something that, you know, was not really foreseen at the time. Um, so I kind of got thrust into a very, very quick role. Um, and a lot of it was help from Johnny, or a lot of it was help from, you know, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins, uh, you know, filling in a lot of my gaps. Um, a lot of it was me just getting on the road as much as I could doing seminars, learning from people. And, you know, now I think we're in a really good spot uh, when Josh Prohibition, uh, you know, as an assistant trainer, myself, you know, with now all my experience, now the TV experience, things like that, I really think we're churning out some of the better students in America. You look at guys like Trey Lamar, Josh Bishop, Wes Barkley, you know, we're just scratching the surface. And, you know, I'm, we're going up there three days, three plus days a week, you know, to train the next generation. It's funny you mentioned the, the amateur wrestling connection. I remember I was interviewing Gerald Harris, who is a former UFC fighter, famous for a lot of his slams. Yeah, and I, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, would you ever get into pro wrestling? He's like, he's like, you know, I actually wrestled Dolph Ziggler a few times when he was going to Cleveland, when uh, Gerald went Ken. to Cleveland State, and, he, and Dolph was at, at Penn or whatever. It's like, man, it's such a small world how, how that, all that works out. Well, here's your small world. My my college wrestler or my high school wrestling coach, Coach Gerald Harris at Cleveland State. Oh, that's fantastic! I love that. Um, I love that. I mean, people like Gerald Harris were the reason I got into MMA. I would see Rampage Jackson powerbomb somebody. 
And I'm like, oh, he's doing pro wrestling slams. And this Mirko yeah. Krokop guy has a finishing move. What are you talking about? He can just kick somebody and they fall over? Like, that was, that's what dragged me in. So uh, yeah. you, you mentioned your team with Kevin. Have you found that establishing yourself in a tag team has helped increase your profile? Because outside the auspices of WWE, that wasn't necessarily a thing as much until the last couple of years. Now MLW and AEW and and a lot of other places have really hammered home tag team wrestling. Yeah, um, so I remember um, I just, like Kevin and I had always kind of been friendly, and we became really good friends in 2018. Right around April of 2018, we became, like, best friends. Like, we had known each other from working stuff together. Kevin, you know, was running stuff, and he was bringing me in. And um, around, I'm going to say... Mid April of 2018, I mean, I was pretty. I mean, I, I had been working with Evolve, and I'd been doing the catch point stuff on Evolve at that time. Um, and I was looking for something new, essentially, because I kind of knew that that was running its course. I kind of knew where that was, where that storyline was going to go in Evolve, and I kind of felt like I wasn't going to have a lot in Evolve after. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky always really enjoyed my work and was always a really supportive guy. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. In terms of helping me out early in my career, um, but I kind of knew where we were going with the catch point storyline. It was going to end up just kind of fizzling out. I didn't know what to do. Um, so that was in about April where I talked with Kev, and we had just kind of like we'd been talking a lot. We noticed we had a lot of similar interests wrestling wise, uh, a lot of similar style stuff. So fast forward to about July, I kind of now the writing is fully on the wall of where the catch point storyline is going. Chase Williams is going to leave Evolve, who has kind of been like my mentor at that point. Stokely Hathaway is getting ready to leave Evolve just to go do some of his own stuff. So at this point, I've got nothing. Um, so it comes down to this. I end up speaking with Kevin. I said, okay. I said, let's do this thing as a tag team. We did a couple of trial runs with some smaller promotions. And then of all places, Black Eagle Pro kind of was the first to really bite on letting us do our thing. Um, and our thought process was, at least my thought process was, we were both pretty over as singles guys. For the most part, like, I had a pretty decent profile. My time in AIW as well as the time in Evolve, I was pretty high profile. Kevin was not as high profile as me, but was doing pretty well doing stuff in Black Label and other things. But we kind of just looked at ourselves and said, we can accomplish more as a team than we can as individuals right now. And there's a real need for tag team wrestling. 
we really look into what Josh Alexander and Ethan Page had said a few years prior when they had started Monster Mafia. Both those guys were a, a level above us, but both in similar spades of like very over as singles guys and couldn't make it as singles guys, but knew that their money was going to be making it as a tag team. Um, and kind of from there, it just all snowballed. Um, really, the moment that I kind of knew it was going to work for us was we had a match with Drake and Henry at Black Label. And we did so well in that match. And we had talked with Drake and Henry. And we kind of knew that, like, tag wrestling was going to be the thing. Um, and from there, it's just kind of been our kind of crusade to really bring tag wrestling to the forefront of the Indies. Uh, because I think a lot of times people don't think of tag wrestling as important as it is. Um, when you go to any normal show, especially an indie show, you're going to probably see eight to ten matches. Seven to eight of those matches are going to be singles matches. So you really have so much canvas to work with as a tag team wrestler in terms of being different and giving something different. And now, you know, we get to do that as well, you know, for the MLW shows, and we're so excited about that. The way I've always looked at it is almost everybody can relate to having a dream of wanting to win tag titles with their friend, their brother. Uh, th- th- I mean, even their sister at this point with women's wrestling emerging to, to the level it has. Like, there, there are yep. so, like, everybody can relate to that. And it's an easy way to garner an emotion out of somebody. And you have more ingredients to work with. I think it's a, a way that people can show their personalities better because you have somebody else to play off of at all times as well. It's, and, and I'm glad it's finding not just its foothold, but it's thriving. So uh, I, we had mentioned uh, MLW coming to you. I think you were announced as signing in uh, late, late 2019. I think they said it was like a, a two-year deal, may have been a three-year deal. When the pandemic hits right after that, how are you feeling like three or four months later when you're like, all right, well, I got myself a deal at least during this period and who knows how long this world situation is going to last. Yeah, it, it's, it's nice to have the guarantee for sure. Um, one of the big things that is nice about MLW is, is that, you know, Court Bauer reached out to me weekly during the pandemic just to not only see, you know, how like wrestling was, but like how my personal life was. You know, during I, I carry another day, I carry a day job, you know, while I wrestle mm-hmm. because as awesome as MLW is, we're not quite there to where it's something where I can support myself. I went through six years of college, so I have a lot of student loan debt to pay off. Same. Um, but I have your day job. And during, and during the pandemic, my day job shut down for almost two months. And court would check in with me weekly just to see how I was doing, uh, to see what I was doing. Um, just to kind of just talk and we would talk about all kinds of stuff, whether it be, you know, just life or, you know, he, we would bring up like old wrestling stuff to talk about, but courts always had a really big interest in me since, you know, I signed. And that's one of the things that really sets court apart is I truly believe that court cares about almost the entire roster to the point of reaching out to us and talking to us and, you know, getting our opinion on things. Um, for an example, like one of the things was, was, Court, when I first started, was very big into me wearing the gi. Uh, he thought it set me off as different, um, which is funny because it was something that Gabe and I had talked about originally. I did not like the idea of it in Evolve because I, it was just too bulky for me. So I agreed to start with it in MLW, and we kind of like had some ideas of where we would go with some storylines on it. And after, after the pandemic, I wasn't a big fan of wearing the gi. As well, if I was going to team with Kevin, I, re- I really wanted to look the part as a, of a tag team. So we pitched at the taping. Uh, 
to, for me to go into the gear that I had gotten. And, you know, Court was very receptive to that. And that speaks volumes to him, you know. He had a vision for me, and he was okay with letting me be comfortable in my skin and doing what I wanted to do. I so think there's, there's that. But Go ahead, sorry. We'll go ahead, Chuck. No, okay, go ahead. What I was going to say is, and yeah, what I was going to say is, to have somebody that's still willing to work with me on that, you know, that's one of the big things. Clearly, you know, the, the signing cycle has been completely different than anybody could have ever imagined it being. The <laughs> pandemic kind of really put the signing cycle into kind of hyperdrive. Um, I mean, two years ago, you didn't know who Blake Christian or Alex Zane yeah. or some of these guys even were. And these guys now are, you know, WWE guys. Yeah. Um, and you would have never said, who knew who Ben Carter was? At the end of 2020, besides, or at the end of 2019, besides Dylan Hale, very few people did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's, you know, he was one of the hottest free agents this year. And you know, him getting to NXT UK was was one of the bigger storylines, you know, post pandemic. So the the signing cycle has been screwed. And you know, you could be one of those guys that says, man, if I didn't sign, maybe I'd be signed. But you know, you can't play that kind of game. You know, MLW was willing to take a chance on me in September of 2019. And true story, one of the people that told me to sign with MLW in September of 2019 was B.J. Whitmer, who works for AEW. Yeah. I had been very close with B.J. since the start of my career uh, through AIW, you know, and I had reached out to him to kind of ask, you know, to weigh my options. And he told me to go ahead and take the, uh, take the MLW deal, you know, and see where my career lies in, in three years at the end of the MLW deal. So, you know, I've... I've I respect Peach's opinion as he's been a guy who's kind of been around a little bit of everything, ROH, um, AEW now. He's kind of done it. Very, very good so guy, very smart guy that, about the like I mean, I've learned a lot just talking mm-hmm. to BJ Whitmer. Yeah, true like and Peach has always looked out for me. Like I remember when AEW was in town last February, we were in Cleveland last February right before the pandemic hit. Um, he had gotten, you know, some seats for Thorn. And they were like second row, and Thorne had wanted to give me one, but BJ had said, "No, you know what? I'd rather not put Dom in a bad situation of him getting seen on TV." So you know, it ended up being I got a whole different set of seats that I couldn't be seen. But you know, that was just a guy. That was just a good guy to look it out for me, so I didn't get in trouble with my employer. Yeah, I was at that show actually. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's why you were in town. Yeah, yeah, I was doing the you haircut. You were in town gimmick. to go to that show. Yeah. I was doing the haircut yes. gimmick. Oh, that I week. remember that now. That's <laughs> great. But yeah, so like MLW was willing to take a chance on me. They were willing to take a chance on Kevin right before the pandemic started. So that's where Kevin and I's minds are at. So right now, our goal isn't to say, well, we could have signed here. Our goal is to say, how are we going to make MLW, you know, just as good as AEW? How can we make MLW just as good as it's to be? How can we make people say, man, we're, we're making the PWI top 50 tag list. Violence is forever needs to be in the top 10 because they're, you know, killing an MLW. So was it Court Bauer that reached out to you originally to make this MLW deal happen, or was it did did somebody else do it? Like, how did that work out? So it was a little bit of me and MSL just kind of kind of touching base. MSL and me had first met back in I want to say December of 2016. He was doing commentary for American Combat Wrestling uh, in Newport Ritchie, Florida, and I wrestled in a mall food court uh, for them. Um, and he had kind of seen and taken a liking to me then. Um, and then just the MLW stuff happened. And MLW was always like a periphery radar thing for me. Obviously, the original Team Filthy stuff caught my attention. I've, you know, I've been friends with Tom since he really kind of came to pro wrestling. Um, I'm pretty good friend. I was pretty good friends with MJF at the time. 
Um, and he really thought that I'd be a good fit for MLW back when they first restarted. Um, there wasn't like a lot of like back and forth at first, mainly because of my Evolve deal or when I was in Evolve. And then kind of after Evolve had kind of, you know, been done and I kind of seen what they were doing and I wasn't sure if I fit their vision, I had reached out to uh, MLW and then MSL was really my point man uh, kind of from day one on that. And he kind of referenced like, man, like, I've been watching you and all your Evolve stuff, and I've always thought about how good of a fit you would be, but I wasn't sure if there was a mutual interest there. So we kind of, you know, talked, and then we did some negotiations, and it kind of all went from there. I got to say, my favorite part of your background is that it, it's sometimes cutting off your mullet. It's making you look like you have the undercut right now. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw that thread of every WWE wrestler has the same haircut last week, but... Yes. It looks like you have that one now. So, like, you, you can compare oh, hairstyles nice. right now. But then when you turn... I love it. You turn, it's there. I love it. It's like, you're, you're weighing... You're, you gotta be looking at Court Bauer like, look, Court Bauer, you better up that money in the future because I, I, can, I can work the WWE style with this haircut. Don't, don't tempt me. That's... <laughs> I need to put that as a note on my phone for a contract renegotiation with MLW. Oh, my God. So, Filthy Island, I want to know, what did you think when this this idea was first brought up? Because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Because I just got out of full-time MMA coverage, and I couldn't be happier. Nothing will make you a <laughs> casual MMA fan more than covering MMA full-time. But this was one of those things that got a lot of attention. People were were curious about certain aspects of Fight Island and all this. And I thought this was, I don't want to say a no-brainer because it's a brilliant idea, but for for the cast and crew that MLW has, it seems like such a slam-dunk idea. Yeah, yeah. So I will never forget being so upset that in those initial Fight Island like promos and teasers that like the UFC put out, the octagon's out there on the beach, and you're like, okay, yes. this can be awesome. They're going to fight on the beach, and you're like, this is going to look so cool. And, like, even I talked, I think, with Devin about it. Like, him and I got in a Twitter thread about it, about how, like, it's going to be cool, but it's going to be terrible for the fighters. It's going to be so hot out. And then I turn on the prelims, and they're in an arena. And I was like, wait, what? And it, it was like, holy shit. They sold such a fake bill of goods to sell these pay-per-views, and everybody bought it. And I was like, oh. So I think that... Court and I had talked at that point, and we were kind of like, we don't want to sell fake little goods. Like, this show needs to be outdoors, yes. um, and it needs to actually have that authentic island feel. Because, like, if anything that you could say about the Fight Island UFC stuff, that's the problem with it. Like, all the – everything that goes along with the Fight Island stuff in the UFC has been awesome. Like, all the, like, Conor McGregor coming to the octagon and, like, Khabib coming to the – like, coming to the arena. It looks so cool, and especially with, like, how everything's so sequestered right now with COVID – like, seeing Connor roll up to, to the Etihad Arena in the fucking Rolls Royce was so cool. So it's, like, taking bits and pieces of that mixed with, like, the actual aesthetics of the island. And I think one thing that MLW does so well is that they have such a good graphics team, and they have a team that works so hard on making the show look beautiful. So I think that that was definitely a slam dunk for that. And I know that Tom and I had talked about the Flint Island idea along with Court, and we really liked the idea of it. And then it kind of all just worked all together with the, the idea of how we brought Kevin in, where, you know, I was lost in Brazil and I found Kevin in the jungle. Yeah. So it worked almost even better with all of that. 
And, I mean, here's the thing. I felt like such a casual complaining about them not having fights on the beach. But they, they made me think that. They made me excited. They made everybody think that. Yes. And, I mean, I get it. I've heard the Yokozuna story about the USS Intrepid. I know his feet got burned and it sucked real bad. But it's 20, 2020, 2021. They can't think of some way to do that safely. I did feel, I felt screwed over in that. I felt like they, I wanted it to be straight up Mortal Kombat style. I was willing to just. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that was how they sold it. I'm telling you, there is not a single idea behind that marketing department that didn't put that picture out on, I think it was Wednesday of the week of the fight, and didn't say, this is how we're going to sell this pay-per-view no matter what. Like, they were going to do a very good number of buys because the the Mazidal short notice replacement. They were going to do a good number of buys just based on the on the, the strength of the card. But, like, the amount of curiosity buys they got, I'm sure, on ESPN Plus just for, is this really happening on an island? Are they really doing this on the beach? And then for it's like, ah. Oh. Was definitely yeah. a high number, and I mean, so so maybe they couldn't have done it on a beach, but I mean, I have covered many outdoor fights before. Like it, it happens. It, they they've done it plenty. It, I mean, and to uh, at admittedly varying results. Sometimes it rains, but I don't think they were going to have that that issue there. So I'm very excited. Well, when you have when you have millions of infrastructure in the entire, you know. The entire Dubai government like helping out. I think they could have figured something out. Yes. Well, I'm very excited for MLW's uh, Filthy Island, Wednesday, February 17th. Guys, it is on platforms everywhere. Dom Garini, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Hopefully we get to do this in person because we didn't in Cleveland. I didn't know you were going to be there. We didn't get to at WrestleMania at, at the show that for some reason somebody named after me. Uh, we didn't get to at any other point during the year. So hopefully the next time we're doing this in person. Awesome. I hope so too, Sean. Really excited. Uh, really happy to come on today and talk to you. Guys, until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.